What up? Welcome to a podcast with Mo. I am Mo. This is episode 399. On this episode, I'm joined by Sir Nasty. Talk about the Patreon, merch shop, music journey, performing, graveyard entertainment, making music, music plans, beats, CDs, music talk, more music talk, bunch of music talk. Thanks for checking us out. What up? First thing I'm getting to for the last time on a Wednesday is our Patreon, patreon.com slash a podcast with Mo. Um, There's once a time you could go there and pay a dollar or more a month to get early access to the podcast. Pay enough, you could be a co-producer like my mother, like itchyboyh2.com, like Forgotten One. And like Graveyard Entertainment, who we'll be talking to today, some people from them or a person from them. And, um, you know, we got to just shout them out. Also, we had other people. Pow Wow was a, was a one for a while. Uh, Hurricane Haynes for a long time. Marshall for the longest. Um, Taylor for a little bit. A couple people signed up and only lasted like a month or less. But, you know, we appreciated all of it. It was the thought that mattered. You made a whole account. Um also, we have a merch shop, shop.spreadshirt.com slash podcastmo. You can go there and get some merch, get you a t-shirt, get you a hat. Go ahead and get it now. Act like you've been a fan from the beginning. Um, I won't mind one bit. Um, all right. You know, like I said, last guest um, is going to be the homie Sir Nasty, a longtime internet friend. Um, we had a collab together a long time ago. It feels like at this point, you need another one, I guess. And uh, y'all know SoCo, Southern Comfort, he calls in all the time. He's another member of Graveyard Entertainment. And so we finally got this one set up before we closed it out. So um, I believe he's out of Macon, Georgia. And, uh, you know, he likes Jason Voorhees. That's the two things I know going in. I'm trying to remember to ask him about the Voorhees thing. And uh, let's give him a call. So what's up, man? Man, I'm alive, so ain't nothing to complain about, brother. How you feeling on your end? Uh, not too bad. You know, this is the end of my podcast, so there's a lot of sad feelings, but also a feeling of like, yeah, I'm going to take, it'll be like a lot of weight off my shoulders, you know, onto the next thing. I know how they go. Phase two. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, you know, I, my two things I knew about you when I gave an intro was you're from Macon, Georgia and you like Jason right. Voorhees. So what's, the, yes, sir. what's your deal on both of those? Oh. Uh, the deal with me being from Macon, Georgia, you know, they're just a little little city not too far from Atlanta. Uh, a lot of people, uh, artists or whatever, entertainers then came through Macon. Uh, you know, it's it's a cool place. Probably just like everywhere. You got some bad spots. Got some good people. Got some bad people. But as far as Jason Voorhees go, yeah, I, I adopted uh, that alias like in high school. We talking 98, 99. Right. So I just, you know, when I, when I see other rappers wearing the mask and stuff and it don't bother me but i don't like it right i understand i mean i um about 12 years ago coined the term smokelahoma and i made a whole mixtape called i'm from smokelahoma and then right after i did that there was like 10 djs in oklahoma that their next project was called something smokelahoma you know and now i understand it's not that clever 
but I feel fuck. I feel some type of way when I see someone else say it. Yeah, and you should because they should have paid you some homage or even called and asked, "Was it cool?" Yeah, and especially when one of them's like in the town I'm in, and I'm like, I know you've seen it, motherfucker. So yeah, I don't fuck with that. Oh no, I seen that you have uh, been performing, or at least I saw some videos here and there. Have you been performing? Uh, have you been doing that like forever as well? Because that's something I personally have never done, but I feel like that's like some shit I probably need to be looking into. Yeah, man, I um, <clears throat> if I'm being honest with you, my first performance in front of somebody was like, uh, where I'm from, they used to do high school talent shows. Right. So um, I would enter the high school talent shows <clears throat> being in middle school and elementary school. Uh, the guy I was rapping, rapping with at the time, he was in high school. So that qualified us as being able to um, do it. But yeah, my first performance was like in 90. 90- Six ninety seven. I was in the sixth grade, and matter of fact, I'm gonna tell you how old it was. Goody Mob and Outkast were just putting out their first album. They was the special guests. Oh hell, that's badass! So you can yep. say like you opened for Outkast. Yeah, pretty much. Hell yeah. Um, I, we had t- and like I'm like from a really small ass Oklahoma town, and we had talent shows when I was in elementary school, and I won a trophy in kindergarten, I believe it was. And all I did was put on an Indian outfit and rollerblade in circles to three little Indians, which in hindsight is probably like racist as fuck. But they, <laughs> they put me in the miscellaneous category because they didn't know what the fucking category it was. So that's how we won because we were like one of the only people in that one. We got a trophy and everything. So good. Time. I don't like that. What do you, I don't like that. What do you mean I'm miscellaneous? You better <laughs> put me somewhere yeah. <laughs> miscellaneous. And I mean, I tried it for a while. I guess I always had like this thing. I wanted to be on the stage, but also had this huge stage fright because then the next time I tried out, I just went up there and tried to dance, but I'm, I can't really dance. So I'm, I never have been able to. And I went up there and did like some monster mash looking shit to some random song. And they were like, yeah, that's not good enough for the talent show. And then a teacher pulled me to the side and uh, gave me a comedy skit to do with some other kids. And it was really funny. So. That's how that one went. But yeah, that's badass that you've been rapping forever. Because for me, I didn't really start rapping until I got to college. Um, like I always loved rap music, but I was just, always, I don't know, no one really freestyle. I knew a couple kids. But it just wasn't a thing in Oklahoma. But I got to college and all the football players, they put me in like the athlete dorm for some reason. And all the football players were all freestyling. And so I was just like, fuck it, I got to go for it. And uh, I loved it. I mean, it's like my favorite shit in the world was the freestyle. And then that's eventually got me to, you know, making music and all that shit. That's dope. I never been a big freestyler. I'll do it fucking around with the guys sometimes. Um, I got teenage daughters. I might roast them while I'm freestyling, right. something like that. But for the most part, um, like far as entering rap battles and stuff like that, I just uh, I enjoy it a little bit. But I, I like I don't know. I like creating stuff. You know what I mean? Like if, if you give yeah. me a beat, uh, I could freestyle to it, but I'd rather go home and put put that dark deep thought to it and, and say what you thought I wasn't going to say and, and stuff like that. So oh, I, once um, I started writing, it all changed. But I mean, I went a couple of years where I was like, I ain't writing shit, you know, and I would just freestyle yep. over these beats and I have them all still say they're so horrible. And I listen to them now, but I just thought it was so good. And then the first time I wrote was to like, someone wanted me on a collab that was like way bigger than me. Um, and I was like, I got to really try here. And then when I did, I was like, this is so much better. Why am I not doing this? And then that kind of took me on the journey of writing where now I can barely freestyle. I freestyle most of my hooks, but I couldn't freestyle a verse. You know, it's uh, I need to think about it a little bit. 
Yeah, I enjoy writing though. Um, but yeah, man, far as part of being on stage, I mean, eventually you have to, I guess, if especially people gonna pay you to do it. But right, like with me, with me, when I'm on, when I do a performance, um, it's work to me. I treat it like work. Um, I'm not drinking. I ain't doing nothing till I'm off stage. I'm at work, so I I treat it as such. I um, I get on stage, I do my thing, get off stage. Now, now we can party, but you know, I know a lot of people and I ain't knocking them, you know, they, they do their thing while they on stage before, after that's just something I choose to do. It doesn't mean I'm more professional than them. This is just how I rock. So like I say, any bottles that I have, when I get ready to perform or anything, the club club, I don't know the promoter got for me. It's going to have to sit with my team till I get done. Right. I, something I do think from afar that I I'm probably the most jealous of you is that you have a team like I think that's super rare in this underground artist thing. So I think graveyard entertainment, like your homies, I think like, it's so fucking cool. And, um, you know, if I ever did perform, I would have to have my friends like hopping me up. I couldn't do it alone. You know, like I would, I would need something extra. So, um, I just got to shout out your team. Cause I think it's badass that, you know, you got one. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, and yeah, most definitely shout out to Graveyard. I let them know all the time how much I appreciate them, even if they don't feel like they're doing enough or they don't feel like um, they're doing what they uh, could be doing. Every little bit helps. And like I told them before, um, like we have meetings every month. Once a year, we have anniversary where we bring the wives, the girlfriends and stuff. And um, just this last anniversary, you know, I always do a toast. And, you know, I toast the ladies too. I told them, I said, he guys. You know what I'm saying? Work regular jobs. Their husbands, their boyfriends, their fathers, and they never lack on. I mean, it is what it is. Working for me, I don't like to look consider it. Um, no, I don't look at it like that. But it, I mean, it's considered work, and you know, blood, sweat, and tears. Even if they don't feel like it, they do it. You right. know, it's like a real job. I don't want to go in. I can't. I can't call out sick from graveyard. So I told the ladies, I I thank y'all for allowing them to have that free time and to respect what they're doing. Even if y'all don't see the vision, y'all are backing up your husbands and boyfriends who are my guys who share share my vision. So I appreciate that. But yeah, shout out to the graveyard. Um, but far as you not having a team, that might be a good thing, right? Because I everybody, every you know. You can have a team that suck right now. That's true. Very true. I mean, I do think I'm a, I have like kind of a loner personality in general. So in a lot of ways, it's cool. And it makes me very, very self-reliant. Like I learned how to make beats and uh, I you know, learned how to make my own podcast, all this shit, you know, because I didn't have anyone else. So I think that part is cool. But I even think it's cool that I know that like Graveyard, y'all listen to the podcast. So like Soko be like, hey, by the way, Big Kent wanted me to let you know he liked the episode recently or something. Right. And I'm like, hell yeah. So that means I haven't pissed people off too much with crazy shit. I said, you know, like I, uh, all the support means a lot. Or when someone ever just hits you up and it's like, Hey, that new album's dope. You know, like that shit's, um, always badass. It doesn't happen enough. Damn it. I feel, I feel, yeah. Um, being an underground King ain't easy. Right. It's very true. It, it ain't for everybody. This shit is not for the week because it can make you quit. I, I bet. I mean, I know a few, but as far as worldwide go, underground artists, I bet it's a lot of them that just say, you know what, fuck it, because I'm not wearing that. I'm not coloring my hair that way. I'm not finna dumb down my lyrics like. So they just say, fuck it. If if what I got is not what they want, then fuck it. 
I ain't saying fuck it. I'm saying fuck them. I get a lot of uh. I know you had said um. You guess you hadn't pissed that many people off. Eh, fuck them. Because when I when I first said fuck hip hop, oh uh, they lost their minds. Uh we we were getting emails and calls. Um, one of the um the girls that was with us at the time, she was on the team. She was like, yeah. They was like, you shouldn't say that. And I was like, oh, now I got your goddamn attention. Right. <laughs> now, now I got your attention. Well, uh, so. something I do admire about you, because that's something I think I have going on for me lately. And, and maybe, and not everyone likes it, and I'm totally aware of that. But I do have, I think, my own style. I've developed that. And mm-hmm. you, if you hear, you're like, oh, yeah, it's kind of like AMO shit. And I think you do as well. And so you kind of have this, like, it's, it's horrorcore for sure, but it's like uh, gothic, hip-hop but God's brought in there. So I'm like, you have your own different like lane that you kind of stick to, which I think is cool. Cause I think a lot of people spend time mimicking their favorite artists or whatever. And I can't, I have a six foot, seven foot freestyle from years ago that I sound pretty close to Lil Wayne. Cause I fucking love Lil Wayne. That doesn't mean I'm going to try to sound like him on all my songs. Cause I'm like, I still got to be me, you know? Yeah, I, I feel that definitely. But you know, these rappers, they can't be who they are cause they don't have an identity. So they're just riding whatever way. Well, all right, let me, let me, how Wayne did it. Okay. How Drake did it. Okay. Or whoever the fuck you like, I'm gonna do it like how they did it. If you like them, I know you're like me. Cause I did it the same way they did it. But like, I always be explaining to my team, just my opinion. When it come to being a real artist, like a real rapper, that's, I, I say that a lot on my songs, like real rapper, anybody can rhyme. I can teach my nephew how to rhyme, put some shit together, but it might not have no substance. He, he, he's just fucking rhyming and bouncing around. But I feel like at this, the table, when you sit with the greats, everybody should be able to bring something to the table. So if you're bringing the same shit to the table, it's like, hey, we already got that. I had broke it down more. I said, if, 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 if we're having a feast, everybody's bringing, bringing a dish and I already brought mac and cheese. Why the fuck would you bring mac and cheese with just a different cheese? It's still mac and cheese. Well, I already have that. And you shouldn't be allowed to sit at the table. but they still slide over and let these fuckers sit at the table. And then people that are not artists that don't understand music, don't understand how cutthroat the industry is, don't understand nothing. They just listen to music or they think whatever the radio was on the radio, that's good. And what's not on the radio is not good. And I'd be fighting for that. Cause I'd be like, nah, that's completely, completely wrong. Right. I mean, I listen to <laughs> underground people all the time or just even, I don't even say underground, but people that like, have like 20,000 monthly listeners, right? Or something like in the middle. That's like, you know, they're not huge, but they're like more than nothing. And they're like way uh-huh. better than like someone that has millions of listeners. And normally, you know, so there is. A, right. And I think since I've learned how to make beats and I'm doing like the mixing and producing that whole thing, I pay attention so much more <laughs> to some of that stuff now that I'm like, oh man, some people's artistic vision is just so much better than uh, the blandness of some others, you know? I, to- I totally agree. But yeah, I think it's cool um, that you don't give a fuck. I think that helps a lot. I know for me, I just try to be genuine because I feel like what something that I relate to in music of all genres, I think you can tell if something's genuine. Um, right. And someone can probably trick you. You know, I'm sure it's happened, but like you can kind of tell if someone's being fake or not about it. I don't know. So I just try to be my genuine self because I feel like that's the only way someone could connect with it. You know, so I'm not going to be fake about anything uh myself but then again i know some people do and that's fine but that's just on how i approach it yeah i feel and it just depends because i'm one of those people 
you know, I try to be humble as I can. And, and you know, I, I, I try to be as authentic as I can, too. So I'm not going to rap about some stuff. I don't know what I'm talking about either. But like, everybody don't have to be a gangster. Everybody right. don't have to be tough. I mean, you know, if you can rap, then just rap. If you fire, then just be fire. If you if you know, I, I, I don't say it before in an interview I was doing. I said, you know, if you came up in a in a, in a nice neighborhood, then kudos to you because I didn't. So why would you be want to be acting like you're from where I'm from? I didn't I didn't even want to be where the fuck I'm from. You feel me? Like, so it's, it's uh, like that. Like, <laughs> yeah, a rapper, I think they've done a really good job of it is Childish Gambino. I don't remember exactly what song it is, but he has a song where he basically is bragging that his he came from money. Right. But he like owns uh-huh. it. He like owns it in a way that I'm like, it sounds cool the way he did it, you know, like and I think you can do it in the right way. But, yeah, when you're pretending you came from uh, something worse, you know, for some appeal. Yeah, that's totally annoying, I guess, from the outside is my my perspective of it. Uh, right. Or like when people when I was a kid and I learned that uh, Smitty wrote for Diddy. Like he said in some interview or whatever. And I was like, wait, he doesn't write his own rhymes. And then you learned that like most people didn't write their own rhymes. And it like crushed me. I was like, what? Y'all aren't writing it. Like, it's not you. Um, and I still get like that. When I find out people have ghostwriters or something like that, like I just fucking hate it. I can't respect them. Yeah, I don't respect it either. Um, if you a singer or something, somebody writes you songs if that's how that go with that industry whatever but i feel like if you a real rapper you need to be able to write down how you feeling and deliver it yourself if you can't do that then you already don't qualify to be considered a rapper and uh, just like people just throw words around now you feel me like yeah just like gangster just like gangster you know what i mean like everybody use the word now and everybody want to be a gangster and i think it's overrated now and and real gangsters you know people that done done shit when they hear that type of hear that type of stuff they like yeah nah I'm, I ain't, I ain't, I'm not feeling your mans because if if really the shit I rap about even though I rap about violent stuff sometimes or a lot of times I'm not glorifying it you know what I'm saying I tell my young guys hey man everybody don't get to tell their story I tell my young guys hey being in that car when it's time to go do some shit, it ain't no movie. This ain't boys in the hood. This 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 ain't menace to society. Them folks went home after they got shot. You don't go home out here. So if you don't have to be out here, don't come out here. Right. And I, I think I just agree in the whole, if it's not you, don't act like that. There was a guy, like I said, I'm kind of a smaller, right now I'm like a college town in Oklahoma. And it's where I went to college at. And there was this guy that everyone knew was affiliated. And there was all these rumors about people he killed. And she, now who knows? It could have all been fucking lies. But everyone seemed to think it was very legitimate. Now he was awesome as fuck to me. But I was also like just myself around him. And I think he appreciated that. And then he would like, hey, can I come smoke at your house? And I'm like, of course, person that I should be terrified mm-hmm. of. But like he just knew I was... uh I don't know. I wasn't going to be fake about it, you know, and I've but always been like that. With watch people. It. Yeah, you true to yourself when you I believe when you true to yourself. I mean, that's that's the one person you have to be true to. And I, like I said, I got I got OGs, they blood. I got OGs, they crips and coming up when I came up. You can if, if you was blood, you can hang with crib. If you were crib, you can hang with blood. And I was like, yeah, well, I'm me. So, uh, 
If I got some blood homies I'm fucking with, I just won't bring them around the crib homies. If I got some crib homies I'm hanging with, I just won't bring them around the blood homies. But what I'm not finna do is sit around either party and let them just trash. I'll leave because you're talking about my folks. And because I stayed neutral, because I stayed true to me, honestly, now I'm reaping the benefit. I'm, I'm reaping the benefits from it. I got, like I said, uh, like I said, ain't nothing to glorify about game banging, but you know, sometimes you get caught up in that life. And when you come from that life, when you make it out that life, now when they see me, they like, yeah, all colors, all sizes, yeah. When people down in Macon, where I'm from, when people down the east side, I get phone calls. Hey, man, we done lost one. We, meaning y'all considering me family on the east side. I'm from the west, but you're calling me because you know what I mean to that side, too. And it's just like when it comes to my city, I love that. I mean, there's one thing I can say about my city to the people that's in my city that are true. Um that helped me out a lot. Um, now I do choose a side when it's time to ride, but for the most part, like I said, I just stay neutral, stay true to myself. You be who you are and I'm going to be who I am. Um, I'm not going to judge you on your religious beliefs. Don't judge me on mine and we can keep it moving. Right. It just, it's a respect thing, man. It's a respect thing. Every man with balls shit, uh, want to at least, like I say, have respect for they self if nothing. And a lot of these rappers don't. A lot of you you can look at their entourage and tell. And then, <laughs> I was like, do y'all are y'all supporting this guy? Or do y'all sideways got a crush on this guy? Fuck going on? I, Cause I know if I was tripping, so cold would pull me and say, Hey, you tripping, bro. I don't agree with you. Cause that's my brother. He, he should be able to pull me to the side and say, Hey, I don't agree with you. And me and him not come to blows. Cause we men, we ain't supposed to agree on everything, but that's not the case with everybody's team. That's why when you said what you said, I I was like, well, maybe it's a good thing he don't have a team because it could be worse. He could have a team full of shitheads. Right. Well, I'd say just in general, people, like not even a team for, you know, music or whatever, but in general, people really hate disagreeing today. You know, like I've always been a contrarian. Like I, I will argue with people about politics, religion, whatever, if they're cool with it. I'm not going to like start yelling at someone when they're not wanting to, but like I'm down to discuss it all. You know, let's get into the philosophy right. of it or whatever. And uh, but nowadays you can't disagree with someone about anything or they take it nope. very, very <laughs> personally. And then all of a sudden yep. you're like their enemy. And so it has changed, I think, communication a lot. You know, you just I'd rather just not say anything than fucking have to listen to some bullshit. Yeah, I agree with you on that. The world, man. Uh, So you've been rapping forever. How many what what's your music plans these days you know like are you working on stuff now do you got stuff already scheduled uh you got stuff that just came out you know let's uh, get all the word out on that yeah i'm always working um basically what i do every year we go to the calendar and we uh find out when friday the 13th is because we're not gonna have a friday friday the 13th creep up on us if uh friday 13th is coming you know, uh, I'm going to be ready. And it's cool, uh, you know, when I'm in the streets or somewhere, somebody might uh, see me or I might get a call from one of my partners out of town. He's like, hey, yo, you know, the 13th, uh, you know, whenever it is, I'm like, you know, fucking know you. And I'm going to have some lyrical crack for you. I know you're calling to make sure I'm in the kitchen, whipping up your drugs. I got you. But with all that being said, the next Friday, the 13th is in January. So that's a few months from here. Um, I'm currently um, working on an album called Jason Gang. 
Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to just sit on it and release it on Friday the 13th or we're going to push that out. And then uh, we got this thing I call The Vault. I got albums that we haven't even touched yet. So if all fails, I can go in The Vault, pull something out, and it's still new. Old to me, but, you know, SoCo always getting on to me. He'd be like, yeah, we're not going to act like you didn't turn that album in even though we didn't put it out because I always feel, because I'm my worst critic and I'm my biggest fan, so I got best of both worlds. I always feel like the new shit is better than the old shit. I don't care what it is. Yeah, like. Like my 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 album can go triple platinum, whatever you want to call it. Put a mic in my face. I'm gonna say, oh yeah, y'all ain't heard shit. Wait till you hear that new one. And they'll be like, oh, there's a new one. And I'm like, there will be. <laughs> right. I mean, I feel that, and it's gonna be better than that one. <laughs> I feel the same way on all my shit. Like I put out this album portrait, and I thought it was really good, and it done pretty decent. And then I put out this new one, good enough, and I think it's so much better, even though it's not doing as good. But I also don't worry because I think everything I have unreleased is even better. You know, like I just always think whatever is next is the best. Even I and I don't right. know if it's is maybe it is just some sort of artist thing where like you have to believe it or whatever. But yeah, that's how. So it does make you not want to share your old shit, you know. But I understand there are, it is new to someone, uh, so it's good you have someone like Soko preaching that. But it's it's difficult, I think, as the artist to keep that perspective. Yeah, it is. And I was I was telling the lady, um, I forgot uh, who she was, but anyway, we were talking about that. And I told her, I said, well, what it is, is for me, it's, it's where I'm at in life at the time. You know what I mean? So like this Jason Gang album, I, I plan on being done with it by next month. So if we release that album before Friday the 13th in January, then the album that I release in January, which I'll probably have something new. Cause I'm not going to want to go in the vault, but I just was telling her cause she was talking about an album I had before some years ago. And I told her, I said, well, you know, I'm just not feeling those songs no more. Cause I'm not there no more. I rap about what I go through. So if you, if you listen to an album and I'm talking about maybe I'm beefing with some people and then you hear two albums later and, and they're like, Hey, what about that? Um, that other album? I'm like, yeah, you know, it's cool. I ain't beefing with that cat no more. So, you know, that's water under the bridge or I'm not with that chick no more. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of my shit be real personal. So I'm guessing the reason my new shit always the best shit, because I'm giving you the present. I'm giving you where I'm at mentally right here, right now. Damn what you just heard. This is where I'm at now. Cause if I, whatever I drop in January, Please believe the next album, I'm not going to be there mentally. I don't know if that makes sense. I'm always moving forward. So whatever I'm, I'm going through, that's what I'm going to rap about. Right. I, I completely agree. I mean, I'm the same way. Um, like I just uh, did a, I freestyled a couple hooks this week to some beats that I wanted to do. And I sent one over to Brad and he sent it back. Uh, Brad Sirex, we don't know. And he sent it back within an hour, like already done verse and everything. He's like, yeah, I mean, let's do it. And I, now I feel all this pressure to do it, but now I've also said like I have to put this album out quickly because I'm really close to having it done. But I just put out an album, but I'm like, and my birthday's in January, so I'm thinking of maybe maybe on my birthday. You know, I know people do that. I don't know if it really matters. Um, and I've also thought about doing it in December, even though that's like the death month. You do it in December, and something about Christmas fucks up all your listens because everyone listens to that fucking Christmas music. But maybe we need to do a Christmas yep. album. That's the key. Now, Friday the 13th fell in December some years ago, and that's what made us drop an album called Black Christmas. Oh, uh, yeah, I remember seeing that. I, and, I, and, I, and I enjoyed doing that. Um, 
Yeah, I enjoy doing that. Well, there was a time in hip hop where they did do a couple Christmas songs, you know, back before it got too gangsterish, you know. Um, so I think it could be done. You just have to do it the right way. Yeah, I think so. Well, I mean, I don't know what's the right way because Easy E, rest in peace, Unk, uh, he had a song called and it was titled "Merry Motherfucking Christmas." Right? Yes, yeah, true. Very true. <laughs> so I don't. I know they probably offended some people. He said, I'm dashing through these hoes and all type of... <laughs> he went in. Right. And I enjoyed it. <laughs> I uh, Like I was saying, since I, li- since I make beats, I listen to just certain music differently now. And uh, we were listening to... My wife fucking loves Christmas and Christmas music. And so she was listening to something. It was like the Charlie Brown Christmas vinyl or something. But the last song on it is just the instrumental and it's so fucking good that I was like, I could rap over this all day. Like, it's so good. And so then I, and it's just funny to me. It's like, it was like a lo-fi beat 30, 40 years before, you know, that even existed. Good shit. Um, yeah, that's dope. So, guys, some shit coming out in January. I do have to ask, I've sent uh, you and Graveyard, uh, the whole team, a bunch of beats over this year. So, any chance you've checked out some beats and are, are there a chance some may make this album? I know for a fact, I don't know how many because I'm not looking at my roster, but I do know for a fact you you have produced at least seven or eight of the tracks that's on the Jason Gang album. Nice. Yeah, because I had, um, I think we had just finished Life of a Sinner Chapter 3. That was the last thing we put out. And then uh, Soko was like, yeah, uh, Mo sent some beats. And I was like, all right, then what we got? I'm thinking it's three or four. It's like 12 or something on there. I, I don't know. So I took them home that night and I was like, yeah, got a hook for that. Got a hook for that. Fuck it. We finna do our album. It's on. And <laughs> I just started writing. I love to write. So yeah, it's about eight. It might be more than eight, but at least eight that I can think of. Yeah, it's eight to the mode made the beat. You know what it is. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, I when I send these beat packs to people because I send some to y'all and then Brad Rex and a homie CJ Jones. And you know, there's a few people that I've, I've done this for. And I just, if I can imagine you on it, um, like, you know, just close my eyes and hear it. I'm like, could I imagine Sir Nasty doing one of his, like, uh, you know, Jason Voorhees raps to it or whatever. Then I'm like, fuck it. We'll put it in there. Right. And, I, and I sent you one and I don't, I honestly didn't think you would use it, but I loved it. And it was, um, kind of like a remix to like a 1960s song. I, I ripped off a of vinyl and I was just like, if anyone would rap over it, maybe Sir Nasty would. So I threw that in there. So maybe it's just for your entertainment, but I can't remember it, what is the fuck it I named it. Is it the sample in the back? He'd be saying, if you go away. That's it. That's the one. Oh, yeah. That's one of my favorites on there. I was um, working on that one last night. I appreciate that. Hell yeah. Um, well, I was, I've gotten really into ripping vinyls. That's like my new thing. So I think that's like classic hip hop shit, you know, and I don't yep. do it probably the classic way i'm doing like a weird like it's almost like a remix of the old song kind of and it mm-hmm. i just really have enjoyed it lately like it's really my shit like it gets me all fizz faced up just listening well i'm letting you know now that's one of my favorites on there so if you anything you sending me like that or any anytime you're working and you like uh yeah man think of me i love samples and like i like different shit so soon soon it came on and the hook started. I said, "Oh yeah, I'm keeping this. This is definitely going on the album." Right. I liked I liked it before the beat even dropped. Well, and knowing now that you you know you said how much you enjoy writing, I think the samples are like a challenge because they have words already in it, so you kind of want to match it. 
So like I have one I've saved for my next, not my next sound with the album after next. I'm doing all sampled beats and it has like the word very bad. Nice. It, it has like the word very bad right before the verse drops. So I feel like the name of the song has to be very bad. And then I'm like, fuck, that's not really my lane. So I got to just figure out how I'm going to do it. But it does take more thinking than just like, yep. oh, I'll just start writing, you know, like, so it is like a puzzle in a way. Yep. Yep. You correct. Um, good time. So you got to anyway, work the brain, work the muscles. Another thing I'm going to do for sure, because I keep popping myself up is after this podcast is over. I've got to start reading again because I took like a five year break of rapping where I quit. So I got like a grown up job and it was like the worst time of my life or whatever. But during that time, I started reading books. And when I came back, I just felt like I was so much better. And I kind of contribute that because I was just reading so much. Like I was just seeing all these words all the time. And so I'm lazy as fuck about it, but I'm going to try really hard to like force myself to read once I have some more time on my hands. That's dope. That's not going to do nothing but sharpen you up. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Right. Well, and maybe I'm wrong. You know, maybe it's uh, it'll be a hindrance, but either way, I'm going to go for it and I uh, got to keep making the beats. So I'm sure y'all will get more beats um, in the future. Uh, I'm just I make them. I don't know. I make a minimum of probably three beats a week. Like that'll be the the absolute smallest number of beats. But I typically make like six or seven a week, something like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. If I go a week like right now, I can do it. Because I'm I'm working on the Jason game. So I'll take a week off for a few days to let my brain just rest and see how I'm gonna feel, see what I'm gonna go through in life the next few days. But yeah, if I go a week or two without writing, yeah, I'd be missing. I'd be feeling empty. I'd be like, something not right. What do I need to do? If I don't do nothing but just go write a few hooks down, that'll satisfy me for the night. And I'd be like, Yeah, okay, that's that's good enough. <laughs> let me go lay down now. I can go to bed, but I'll lay in bed and just be thinking about, ah, oh, man, that goddamn beat Mo sent me. I'm getting my ass up. Man, I wake and up. I- and, uh, <laughs> one of my favorite things that also is really fucking annoying, but you know, I wake up like, let's say 3 a.m. to take a piss, something like that. Every morning when that happens to me, I am seeing a verse from under my songs, like whatever I recently See? recorded and I start and I'm like been mixing it or whatever. And I'll always just be saying whatever the catchiest line is. And then I know to myself, like, well, that's probably the best line because I'm waking up seeing right. it in the middle of the fucking night. So, but yeah, you're right. just listening to music so much. Um, it just kind of gets embedded this week. I actually haven't been making that many beats cause I'm working on, I'm in rapper mode of trying to you know, right. finish some songs. Um, but even then one night I was like, I have to make something before I go to bed. So I just made something in like 10 minutes and a little easy guitar beat, but got to get it out. Yeah. Just, just enough, just enough. So you won't be tripping all night. Right. Exactly. It's an addiction like anything else, uh, because it does, it had totally releases serotonin. You know, if I'm getting stoned and then I'm making a beat, uh, like my homie skinny comes over here and he'll watch me make some beats. And, uh, you know, I normally have, I'll lay down like some of the drums without him hearing it. Like it'll be muted, but then I'll turn them on and they just hit and he'll be like, ah, you know, and it's a great feeling. You got to love that feeling. It's like being a DJ, I guess. Kind of. Exactly. And a lot of this shit all ties in because you mean to tell me if I told you, Hey, I got, I got five grand for you hey, to the mall. I need you to come spend some music for about two hours, three hours. I think you could do it. Even though you might play some shit that you're not going to want to hear that. Hey man, put the, I ain't going to drop no name, but you know, the rappers that suck. Hey, put so-and-so on. Yeah, I got you. You could do it. You could DJ. <laughs> I mean, I could probably figure you it out. To. I don't know any of the equipment if they like a turntable, but you know, we could figure it out. I could, I could pick good music. I think, you know, if that's, that's the, what I'm saying. 
And nobody's really on the ones and twos like back in the day no more. They're, I saw one dude, he was DJing off his goddamn phone. He just was, right when the song fade out, he faded into another song. I saw, yeah, I done made it real easy. Now, my guys that used to DJ used to pull up in vans with, with hand trucks, with crates, with, with the vinyl in it. <laughs> did you have moments, I'm assuming you did, where you were selling your like CD? You know, you got some stuff pressed before the sh- streaming age? Yeah, I missed the CDs. Yeah, I still burn CDs to listen to my car uh, of my own stuff because it just sounds better. But I also drive like an old fucking car. And so, like, you know, it doesn't have like an auxiliary cord and fancy Bluetooth shit. I have to like do like the FM transmitter shit. But yeah, I still do CDs. I prefer them. I grew up in the age of like Napster and all that shit where we were just downloading everything and burning CDs. So um, I definitely missed that era, but I just assumed you probably had some stories of like, you got something pressed, you sold them out your trunk, you know, ludicrous style. Yep. We did all that. And like, even today we don't press up everything. I'm guessing cause I turn in too much shit, but every now and then so cool. I'd be like, you want to press something up? Because like I said, the the fans that are I'm hands on with, they still want CDs. They be like, "Where my CD? Where my CD?" I be like, "Oh, we ain't pressed that one up. You gotta go get that one on." You know, no, nah, no, nah, I, I got it on my phone, but I want the goddamn CD. They might want me to sign it. Like they feel like they 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 getting a piece of me, or they they get like a souvenir. Like my music on their phone, they don't know if I it, if I know it's them who bought it or what. But when we in the streets, they like, "Hey, let me let me buy one of them CDs for you." That's different. I just, you know, that was an interaction with one of my fans. Right. Yeah. I always say that if I could somehow have the streaming numbers count, the burnt CDs I gave to people in college, I would have went platinum on some shit. You know, it's like right. everyone wanted it. And it was, uh, you know, everyone was listening to my shit that was way worse than, you know, now I put out shit that I think is like so much better. And people are like, oh, you, you're rapping. You know, I know you definitely have a song about that. Uh and uh, you're like, yes, I'm still rapping, and it's way better than anything I've ever done. <laughs> right. I asked, I, uh, asked one of my partners one time, I said, what the fuck is everybody at when they first thought we could rap? When they were like, oh, yeah, man, y'all got something and got behind us. And then I feel like once we matured into some shit to where we're like, oh, we don't need y'all to tell us we're good. We got it now. What the fuck are those people? Because I don't see them like that. Right. Well, I think what it is, at least this is my vision of it. It's like when I was in college, a lot of people claim like, oh, once you get signed, I'm going to be on the team, you know, and shit like that. Like, make sure don't forget about me. You get a lot of that action. A lot of people listen to your mixtape or whatever. And then now that you're older and you all have jobs, I think it's hard for people to imagine that you have a full time job. And then you also go work another full time job, like chasing your dreams whenever they can't. Right. Right. They don't have that desire that whatever it is. And so therefore they don't want to support someone who's another adult like themselves doing it because they know them themselves couldn't do it. And I do think that's like all a part of it, at least in my calculations. Like the people, I believe it. the people that support me or stuff are like people that are like trying to be like MMA fighters or people that are like still painting, you know, like they're like trying to achieve something right on the side. Those are the people that are going to like your shit because they're like, hell yeah, you're trying something. I'm trying something that's badass. Or people that are like entrepreneurs that start their own business. Those sort of people always uh-huh. like give me a better like vibe about my music than someone that's like. Uh, you know, delivering something or they work at a factory or something like those type of people are like, man, I ain't got time listening to your music. You're like, you got more time than any of it. You like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Go on a headphone, bro. 
Uh, yeah, it, it's a sense of bitterness. I, <laughs> like, why are you mad at me? Because I found what I have a passion for. Right. And I'll tell you this, I'll tell you this real quick. Um, and I think it's real dope. I shared it with my team. Um, it's a big deal to us. Um, people that understand the situation know it's a big deal, but for somebody else, it's just like, uh, oh, oh yeah, okay, yeah, that's cool. Anyway, um, Chuck Lavelle, um, I don't know if you know who he is, but anyway, he played the keys with the Allman Brothers and with the Rolling Stones. Okay. And he's he lives in Gray, Georgia, which is like Jones County. That's like maybe 30, 45 minutes away from Macon. And so whenever I bump into him, he asks about my music. And I told my team, I said, that's fucking ridiculous, man. I know nobody else going to give a shit about that. But the fact that this man... Like the last conversation we had, he was like, yeah, I'm getting ready to go to Europe. We got about 30, 30 uh, shows, him, the Stones. And then when he bump into little old me, he like, hey, you got something for me? You going to Friday 13th coming? You going to email me? Or uh, one time I saw him before he was rapping my shit. I was like, this is dope. I got something. We on our way. Yeah, that is badass. Uh, I mean, if I met anyone in real life that just knows my shit, it's badass. Like one of my favorite memories in my life, because I haven't had many great music ones. But uh, when I rap before my break, you know, I put out all these mixtapes on Dat Piff back when that was a thing. And my best friend and college roommate, his little brother was still in high school up in Tulsa. So his little brother and his friends like listened to my shit. And I came up there once on like a weekend or a spring break, something like that. And all these kids had a rush to, you know, his dude's grandma's house so they could meet me because they like all listed my shit. Right. And they knew all my lyrics. And I was like, this is fucking crazy. Like, you know, it was only a handful right. of them, but it was like the coolest shit that happened to me up to that point. You know, and even now, like someone will hit me up on like a DM and they'll just tell me how fucking awesome I am. And I'm like, I love you. You're my new favorite person. Like, it doesn't take much to get on my good side. Right. Especially when you when you are artist, because, you know, you're not in here just throwing shit together. So when somebody say, hey, man, appreciate that song. It's like, OK, OK. You know, it's kind of like if you buy your wife something, she's like, oh, cool. You like, cool. Bitch, I just spent a thousand dollars on you. What do you mean? Cool. How about thank you, baby? I'm the greatest husband. You know what? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so when I do an album, I don't be looking for the feedback, but definitely when I get it, it'd be dope. I had wrote a right. song about suicide. I had I wrote a song about suicide and um a guy no called me. He was in Texas and he was like, I'm on the way to Georgia. And I was like, cool, can't wait to see you. And he was like, well, you know, I'm coming to see my family, man, because I just ain't I ain't feeling it. And that's all he left me with. So when he got here, uh he told me what 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 the fuck he was feeling and that's serious. So I played the song for him. I said, I wrote this before I talked to you. I know you ain't never heard this. And I played it for him. And um, after I played it for him and stuff, he called me later. And he was like, bro, I'm glad I came to George. I'm glad, you know what I'm saying? You wrote that prophetic song. He said, I needed to hear that. I'm, I'm good now. I said, yeah, man, ain't nothing that bad in life worth not living. Are you crazy? But I'm just saying, even though that was a, a darker situation, I appreciated the fact that once he heard that song, he was like, okay, so I'm not the only one having suicidal thoughts. I'm not the only one that fell on bad times and felt like it wasn't worth living. So right. for me, that 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 one song alone trumped the whole album. Yeah, I, I had a similar situation with an EP I put out a couple years ago that didn't do great, but one dude hit me up and was like, hey, this one song on there is like, that one really hit the nail on the head for me. And I was like, yeah, man. I mean, like those moments are, I think, bigger than like the streaming numbers, you know? 
at least it feels yep. like it. Um, you, know, yep. you, you mentioned the wife. And so I do have to ask you this. So for me, um, you like, cause we also mentioned CDs. My wife just asked me yesterday to burn her a CD cause she hasn't heard my last two albums because, uh, she just does, you know, do the streaming stuff really. And so she wanted me to burn her CDs. And I was like, I guess so. But I'm kind of like, I try to keep her away from hearing my shit, especially if it's not done. You know, it's like, no, you cannot hear it. So, cause I might say some ridiculous shit and I don't want the, the look <laughs> on her face to make me second guess it. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. I, and, and she doesn't understand that she kind of takes the wrong way, but I know your wife, it seems what I would assume hears it all. Or are you, how is your process with, with the, that in your family? Um, if, if she's around and I'm working on something, you know, she'll hear it that way. But no, she, I don't play anything out loud for her. I'm with you. Like I said, unless it's done, I know I'm done with it. Right. Now it's been times, like I was riding with her one time and I was like, you know what? I'm doing a um, fucking song called Chinese restaurant. I'm going to be getting head in the restaurant and all that shit. And she was like, you're fucking crazy. She was like, but it's probably going to be cool. And then when, you know, once I did the song, I played it for, I said, hey, here go the Chinese restaurant. And that was that. But I didn't let her hear me putting it together or anything like that. Not so much because I didn't want to see uh, the reaction on her face. I'm just like that with anybody. Like if I was, if I'm working on something and you walk through the domo, I'm going to stop the beat and put something else on. Yeah. I mean, I'll be the same way. Now there's a chance if there's a chance if me and you were like working on a song together and we had been doing that, that I would be comfortable enough to go ahead and record or whatever in front of you. But yeah, I couldn't do uh, just with anybody, you know, it would have to like take, there's two people, my homie skinny. I've let him listen to shit. Like the moment I get done with it, I'm like, check this out, you know, because he likes everything I do too. So it's like, I can't really do wrong. And if he doesn't, it would be like so rare that I'd be like, I got to scrap that. And then my homie powwow from college. And he was just in the room whenever I recorded so many things that like he got grandfathered in, I guess, in a way, you know, like he's heard me do the stupidest voices. Cause I think something I do is I do really dumb fucking voices that I sometimes put in like the background vocals or whatever. And so I, I don't have the shame with them too, but like I do with everybody else, it seems. Yeah. I, I um, and me and big Kent from graveyard, we're like that. He really one of the only few guys um, that I'll play some some stuff I haven't mixed down or you be like, you know what I'm thinking about doing? I don't do that with everybody, but him, I just bounce it off him. But the one thing I don't do, and my whole team will tell you, <laughs> I never ask them how the fuck they feel about it. Right? Yeah. Ever. Now I do when now. I, I turn it in and I let them all have a listen just in case somebody said, Hey, maybe we shouldn't talk about this or maybe you shouldn't say this on behalf of this. And I'll consider it. But other than that, I don't turn it in and say, well, I hope the team like this one. I don't give a fuck. I'm turning it in. This is my project. And, um, that's what we're doing. If you don't like it, I hope you like the next one, but, um, I'm not changing anything about this one because I was, I, who I'm my favorite fan. I was good with it. So y'all are gonna have to be good with it. Even if you don't like it. I get it. Yeah, you're gonna you, sometimes you gotta promote some shit y'all like. Ask any program director at the radio station. So far as graveyard go, like I said, I just turn it in and with the confidence I'm giving y'all something to stand on. Right. And I I leave, I leave it at that. I would say for like 
most of my stuff I make for me, you know, like any of my sad stuff, definitely. And then if it's any like uh, I, I record something this week that's just like three or four verses straight, like no hook stuff like that. That's my favorite shit to do. But it's because like you're just doing bars, bars, bars. And like, I don't know, it's not as much pressure on it or something. And, uh, you know, those I'll do kind of for me. But there are songs that are like kind of more upbeat that I in my mind, I'm like, I hope my friends would like that because that they are like the audience i guess in some way but i also don't listen to like happy music so it's hard for me to like know what i would even like in that <laughs> in that mood if you will right um but yeah no i totally understand that now who are all your musical influences i know um bone thugs at harmony are because i believe soko's brought that up before but maybe that was just his but i have a feeling it was also you as well yeah, Bone Thug uh, played a big part in for as the influence on. I just like I said, they were different when I first heard them. They were different. They looked different. They sound different. I was like, yeah, I can get behind this, and um, I just just fell in love with the thugs. But I, there's a long list of artists um, that that I came up on, and I think that helps me to be an individual as an artist because I didn't even though I'm, I'm from I'm from a real place, even though I'm from the hood. Uh, I was the only uh, guy in the hood bumping rock and roll. You know, I used to roll through the through the hood bumping system over down, bumping chop suey with the windows down. They like the fuck is you listening to? That's white people music. I said I ain't no su- fucking such thing. Y'all stuck in the box, man. Y'all missing out on life. Right? Do you do you fucking hear the drummer on chop suey? He's ridiculous. But anyway, like system over down, Marilyn Manson, Eagles, the Chili Peppers. I fuck with all that. And then, like I say, far as on the rap side, you know, um, I, I fought with a lot of West Coast and, and I guess New York or up north type rappers. Like when I was coming up, I loved Wu-Tang, uh, ODB, Melton Man, but that's Wu-Tang. I, I, I fought with Red Man. Um, I think most Delph is dope. I don't, I don't see nobody out rapping Buster Rhymes and I love Eminem, but I, I, you know, Buster Rhymes, he just one of them guys for me. I always... Been a fan of his, the locks. Then, like I see far as the West Coast go, NWA, Snoop, uh, E40, one of my favorites. Sometimes I leave him off my, my top list and don't be on purpose. Scarface, UGK, you know what I'm saying? But it was a, it was a lot of people that influenced me. Um, and even like now, even recently, you know, um, Pastor Trush, still one of my favorite rappers. Uh, I don't think he get his due. I just like real rap. I like real rap. And as uh, far as the South go, you know, you got Outkast and CeeLo Green. Uh, a lot of people don't know he can rap his ass off. Right. Yeah, for sure. CeeLo fucking Green can spit. You know, you, of course, you got Luda and, you know, T.I. But as far as the South go, you know, a lot, of, a lot of cats don't be spitting like that. And I ain't just saying big words, battle rap. I'm just saying, man, say something the other fucking guy didn't say for a chance. Right. I think Ludacris is the most underrated rapper of all time. I do think that. Yeah, I think so. Because even when they called him commercial, I was like, and they were like, he animated. And I was like, yeah, what Jay-Z said, Buster Rhymes was animated. And he said that not in a kudos way. I would have went and saw his ass about that. <laughs> right. You don't put me on your goddamn album and call me animated without an explanation. Because when you think animation, I mean animated, you think cartoon. I'm a fucking cartoon to you. I would have went and got him. That I that reminds me, uh, when I, I worked at this call center 
in college for like two months. And while I was there, the like free safety of the football team here in college, he was in my training class and he knew I rapped and he rapped and he was like, bro, I'm gonna come over after work and we're going to freestyle. And I was like, all right. And I'm like, I have a very cool and calm demeanor, right? I mean, that's just kind of the way I am. But whenever I rap, my, you know, your mouth gets all wonky and I like my voices get different. And he kept going like, bro, you're so animated. That's how he kept describing me as well. And I was like, all right. So that's what that word always reminds me of. But it also, I love those moments where I would uh, freestyle with people that, uh, and you like have to prove yourself, you know, it was like a whole fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, I hate that. Oh, you a rapper? Well, we'll rap something. Well, fuck you. Go buy my shit. How about that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's on all the major <laughs> streaming sites. You can just go ahead and check that out. Um, yeah, right. Well, I will say before we wrap this up here, we do have to get another collab in someday. Um, I think the last one we did was very good. Uh, everybody should go check it out called Nobody Like Me. Um, and what was fun about that one was I I had this mixtape called Resin Hits that was like my comeback from my five-year break, and I did that song on it and um it was a bunch of beats i didn't own and shit and it was just up on soundcloud and things like that and then once i learned to make beats myself i was like i gotta remake that and then i sent it over to you because i had an open spot and then i think you killed it and it's still one of probably you know one of my more popular songs on the streaming sites but it's very good i appreciate that and you say we need to get another collab and put an s on that i'm sure we're gonna do more than another song together we could do like a whole album i mean honestly I'm, I'm not. I don't oppose that. I'm. I'm serious. I fuck. I fucks with that. I, yeah. Uh, when I like, I, I don't. I don't beats. collab with a lot of people. I'm sorry. Go ahead, bro. Now, see, I make a lot of beats. Uh, we have lots of options. Uh, I think it would be interesting to see how, like, because we'd have to find some place we could cross over, you know. But I think we could pull it off. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. We're dope enough to do it. Yeah, I love collab projects. And of course, we bring Soko in. And I got to shout out Soko. I know he was on two weeks ago on this podcast, but, you know, he's gotten so much better since uh, I've come across y'all and y'all been submitting music to the podcast and stuff. And, um, you know, just got to shout out Soko again for really stepping up his game in the last few years. Well, I shout him out, too, because he's he is passionate about his about his music. He always has been. And I don't think I got in the way. It's just that I got so much music and for him because he could easily say hey man what i do for you we're gonna get somebody to do for us because i'm an artist too and i would have been cool with that i've I've told him that before say hey man if somebody else we need to bring somebody else into the team to help out or to take over so you can focus on your music because i know how i feel about mine i said let's do that and he was like nah i'll figure it out i'll make everything work and he do a fucking hard working man right here and goddamn I appreciate that so yeah yeah shout out to SoCo when we were in high school I, I recorded on a, I recorded my tape you know take the blank tape record on it and I had it in school and they were like well I, I, let me take it home and make a copy and I'm like yeah what if I don't get this copy back we ain't got no more right and then so all of a sudden here he comes with the big ass bag of uh blank TDK blank tapes from Radio Shack and he like look I'm making copies and selling them. And I didn't say anything. And I was like, you know what? That's what started this whole Southern Comfort handling anything I got anything to do with with music. Like, even if I was to sign a major deal with somebody, I'm sure it's going to be other people. I love sports. So, you know, I'm going to use the the front office. You know, the front office, the people that handle shit, it's going to be people that 
we have to deal with because now we're on a, 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 a bigger platform. We were signed to a major label, but I'm not signing shit if y'all ain't got nothing for my guy to do. If he can't be my personal something, then you, I'm not signing. Right. I, he, I come with him. It's going to always be like that. Because this is the only fucking person I trust when it comes to this music. Right. Well, so what you would I, need to do, you'd have them sign your LLC or whatever, you know, in which employs these people. You know, you'd work out some shit, business shit. Uh, really need to take this business shit more serious myself. Um, but yeah, I agree. I would, like, the first thing I'd do is be like, I have to get Skinny a job as my security. Uh, right. I would have to get Powwow a job as, like, my manager or something. You know, like, I would instantly, that would be my first thought is like, I got to hook up the homies that actually believed. Right. And see, Big Kent, uh, you, you know, his title, if you want to call it, is head of security. Um, you know, when we out doing a show or whatever, He's told me before, hey, you don't even go to the fucking bathroom by yourself. You let me know. And I'm like, I'm the artist, though. But the maturity in me said, you know what? You right. You the head security. I'm not going to not let you do your job. Next time I go to the restroom, I'll tell you, because I went by myself and he was looking for my camera. He said, don't do that shit no more. I know you can hold your own and all that, but. Let me do my fucking job. And I was like, okay, you got it. Yes, sir. I'm going to fall back and let you do your goddamn job. But with all that being said, he went and got certified. Uh, I'm not sure how that worked, but security certifications to where if he wanted to have a pistol on him and walk me through the club, y'all got to let him in. This guy's certified security got paperwork. You know what I'm saying? for him to go do that without me asking him to do it when he when he got it he came back he showed me the certificate he was like hey look bro certified bodyguard type shit i said you see the you see the vision yeah you see the vision i mean like i said again i think that's just more props to your team i think it's cool that they all take it seriously and like yeah there's like a vision because i do think for a lot of people um that are making music like i said as an adult or whatever a lot of people wouldn't take it serious or they would assume you wouldn't. So I do. I just think like that matters more than most people would realize, you know? Yeah. A lot of people who claim to have a team, that team don't get serious till they see the money. Right. Or a lot oh, of we don't, managers that are just calling play, you know, like they're not really doing anything. I've heard all these horror right. stories of people that have actual managers. I'm like, I can't imagine <laughs> going through. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy, but that's that's the game. It's cutthroat. I had a guy tell me one time, um, I, uh, like I say, I've been rapping since a fucking kid, man. I, my my mom, I have the pictures now. She got pictures of me when I was like six, and I'm standing in front of um the family's. Uh, I'm in the front room in front of the family stereo. Um, of course it's a steel shot because it's a picture, but on the floor there's a uh, a mic with a cord coming from it plugged into it. That's how long I've been fucking around with just picking up a mic and whether it made sense to them or not. So, you know, as I got older, they were like, okay, so he he's not playing. He's this is serious. Something is in something's in him is trying to get out and it got something to do with music. So right. um Well something you said earlier about how like you listen to rock music and all that stuff. For me, being in like a small uh, Oklahoma town, country music was for sure the most popular thing when I was young. And then eventually I guess pop music. But by the time like Nelly blew up, hip hop was like mainstream. Right. And so that's probably like when I was in like junior high or so. But before that, I was like in elementary school, like loving like Coolio and uh, Pastor Troy, like you mentioned. Like I was listening to all this music that like 
I shouldn't have been, but I loved it. You know, like I just fucking loved it. And so whenever it got right. to, to be like really popular and stuff, I always had to go I got, because I had Napster and LimeWire and Kazan, all the shit to download stuff. I just downloaded everything. Like I downloaded all the classics, all the modern stuff, because I had to know more than my friends who were like listening to the newest hip hop. Cause like, y'all don't really love it. Like I love it. You know, and I was just trying to absorb like everything um, possible. You know, it's like I I know of a lot, but I don't have like a lot of love for stuff. So like most New York hip hop, I'm not a big fan of. I do like Tribe Called Quest and I do think Wu-Tang and Busta Rhymes I do like um, are cool. But I like loved Houston rap because like for my area, that was just like some shit. Everyone loved fucking Houston rap. And so I do think like that's probably some of my influence that and the New Orleans shit and things like that. But um, I think it's cool that you like are around the Atlanta area because that kind of blew up during our lifetime. You know, like that was right. nothing. You know, like you mentioned your talent show with Outcast. That's at a time like that's finally Atlanta being recognized. But before that, it kind of felt like uh, they weren't. Oh yeah, they, no, they weren't. I mean, it is what it is. It sucks sometimes. Yeah, they have a dope documentary series on Netflix. If anyone cares, called Hip Hop Evolution. I've watched it like seven times now. And it just does like, you know, early stories of hip hop in different places. And they mentioned like the dungeon and how out, you know, that whole song yeah. and put uh, Atlanta on the map. And um, I had a guy tell me, I, I had meant to tell you. So he heard the music and he was like, well, you know, I can get you signed, but I need you to play ball. That I, when, when I hear that, just for me, I smell bullshit coming next. Right. So he says, are you are you going to rap or are you going to do rock? And I'm like, I'm going to do music. That's what I'm going to do. And he's like, well, you because at the time I had on and I still wear it. But I remember this interview I had on a black Marilyn Manson T-shirt. Um, I had a, a, a four finger skull ring on. I had spikes on. My fingernails were painted black. And then I had a black bandana in my pocket. So he was like, I don't know what the fuck I'm looking at. And. It don't matter how good you are. If I can't sell it, I, I can't do nothing with it. And I was like, oh, so you a pimp? And he was like, nah, I ain't saying that. I said, you ain't have to say it. If you can't sell me, then you have no use for me on your team. Is that right, Big Daddy? I was mad than a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> right. I would never sign it, I don't think, in these days. Unless it was to, like, an indie label that, like, you know, you shared some artistic vision with or something. But uh, I this whole idea of signing to a major label and today, because beca- that's exactly it. They w- no label would sign you until you have enough motivate or momentum on your own to be worth it. So if you already get to the momentum to where you're to that point, just keep pushing on your own and then reap all the rewards. Like, I don't see who would sign in today's market, but I I know plenty of people would. You know, they get an advance in some money and they think, that's their big break. But I just think most smart people are like, yeah, that's a totally stupid idea. Yeah. I'm with you. I don't have a desire to, 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 to sign with a major label. That's like, that's not my goal. Um, if I'm being honest, like I told my team, I rather have $3 million and that's, that's chump change to some people that, that are millionaires, I guess. But I just was using that as an example. I told them one time, I rather have $3 million in the bank and only 3,000 fans than to have $3,000 in the bank and 3 million fans. Yeah, 100%. 
Because <laughs> I, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about being famous. I'm cool with going to a restaurant or taking my wife somewhere, and nobody begs me for an autograph or picture. But she don't have to clock in for nobody. I don't have to clock in for nobody. The bills are paid. We're living off my music. Uh, I think we made it, baby. Ain't that ain't that the goal to to eat off this rap? So if we eating off this rap, but if I made you know, off where, music exactly what I made off my day job, I would quit my day job. Yep, I would too. <laughs> like this idea, you would need to make a million dollars making music or whatever, and be like, no, I could make like what I make at a normal job. How would you not prefer that over your normal job? I don't know. And I would feel like you made it, Mo. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I, when I sell I would, a beat, I feel like I made it, you know? And it's like $50 right. comes in. I'm like, God damn it, I'm so good. Jeez. Yeah, that's a, that, that's, that's a success story. Right. Um, you mentioned that earlier, actually, how you listen to your own music. You try to be humble, but and shit. Like, I'm the same. I, I'm, i like, very self-deprecating. Like, that's just part of my humor style. I think it, you know, some defense mechanism of some sort. But it's done me well with my personality. But there are moments, like, I just sit around and listen to my beats, and I'm like, I'm so fucking good. You know, like, I just start fucking feeling myself so much. Um, So, like, I do think, as an artist you always are going to go back and forth between those two. At least I do, right? Between like, I got to be humble, you know, whatever. And then also like, I'm the best ever. <laughs> yeah. And see, I feel like you a real artist. Matter, matter of fact, let me rephrase that. I know you a real artist, so I feel what you're saying. If you don't feel that way about yourself, I don't think you read it. I don't think you, 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 <sighs> not that you're not ready. I just, I don't think you, you, Somebody asked me if you wasn't rapping, what would you be doing? And I was like, I don't know, because this is all I know. Right. I, I literally, literally, this is all I know. Like they said, so if you wasn't making any money on rapping, what would you be doing? I said I would be rapping, because when I was a kid, I wasn't making money off rapping. It was it's, it was an outlet for me. It was a way for me to not only uh, and I mean you know I enjoyed music, but for me doing my own music, it was a it was therapy. You know what I'm saying? I told my wife, I said, when I go out there and I get in front of that mic, that's my therapist. I, I, I turn her on. She listens to my thoughts. She don't judge me. She don't even talk back. She don't respond unless I want her to. If I come out there and I don't want to bother her, I just want to hear beats. She ain't jealous of the beat. That's, that's a nice therapist right there. So that's therapy for me. You know what I'm saying? When my, um, when my daughter passed away, she was six months. You know, and they were trying to figure out how I was going to handle it. And I was like, the next day I went to the studio, I dropped like a six song mixtape. I called it Wedding and a Funeral because uh, long story short, what happened was uh, me and my wife and I, we were planning our wedding and then the baby passed. So now it's like, well, we can't call off the wedding. So what are we going to do? I said, well, we'll just move the wedding up a weekend. So I named the mixtape Wedding and a Funeral because I literally buried my baby Saturday and then the next Saturday when it got married. So the phone calls were like, hello, hey man, sorry for your loss, man. You know, I said, I appreciate that, bro. All right, all right, hang up. Next phone call, hello. I can't wait to the next party. I'm like, I'm so fucking numb right now. I don't know whether to be happy or be sad. I'm numb. But with all that being said, I named the, um, that mixtape Wedding in a Funeral. And my wife, um, after she heard it, she said, yeah, I don't have to listen to that again. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> she was like, yeah. That, that. <laughs> she was like, it was good. But yeah, I don't have to hear that again. Right. Yeah. I mean, but people in the 
Uh, uh, I didn't mean to cut y'all. People in the streets were saying, bro, that wasn't in the funeral so so hard. I felt it. I was like, well, I, I guess just like with the wedding in the actual funeral. I appreciate it, but I'm numb, guy. But my bad. I didn't mean to cut y'all, uh, bro. Nah, you're good. Uh, now, if I remember exactly what I was going to say, uh, I will say one thing, not to downplay your wedding, because that's like a so horribly sad story. Um, but you know, I'm glad you use a therapy thing when I was in kindergarten, you know, when you're in elementary school, they call you to tell you who your teacher is going to be or whatever. And, uh, right. They my parents had got married like a week before I started kindergarten and, uh, they called me and were like, Hey, I'm your teacher. And then I said, I was excited cause I just went to my parents funeral last week. And I, cause I got like funeral and, and wedding confused. And then like this right. teacher thought I was, she was going to have this little psychopath who was like excited. His parents died or whatever, you know, and, like, so my mom had to call her back and be like, we are not dead. Anyway, it was really, that's what it reminded me of the wedding in the, in the, <laughs> no, I get it. I get it, bro. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, that's heavy shit for sure. And the therapy thing, I definitely, I reference that a lot of how music's therapy. Whenever I took a break and came back, one of the first things I recorded, I was very depressed and I recorded a song that basically the whole thing was about me wanting to kill myself. And I, when I even listened to it, it made me sad or whatever. But like, as soon as I recorded it, it like took all that weight off of me and then like put it on the song, right? In some sort of way, like it, it was really helpful and like you can see how dumb you sound once it's on like i don't know so i've used the music for therapy a lot you know this is just me start talking like most of my raps are just stream of conscious verses you know it's kind of like how you would freestyle like it's i'm not like super complex of it all being connected it's just kind of this leads to this leads to this and a lot of that is just therapeutic and as far as listening to beats i waste so many time just listening through beats you know like i'll listen to the pack i sent you and i'm like i'm just gonna listen through this pack and imagine it you know or whatever like because sometimes that's just what you need yeah i feel you and just so you know um i'm always real with everything i say and do like i say if you listen to some of my music um, there's not a lot of features on there, some features, but not too many. When um, Soko told me about you, I was like, okay, I'm interested. I'm interested. Then when you, like I said, when you sent the beat, I was like, man, this dude dope. I'm um, letting you know, I'm not sure how much love or how much credit or whatever you want to call it, how much you get where you at, but you're fucking dope, dude. Not just on that rap shit with, with, with the beats too. Uh, yeah, I appreciate it. I mean, people that listen to me, uh, they get very, there's times that they get surprised. Like I had a friend from high school um, help me deliver something within the last year and him and his girlfriend came over and I played them foreign whip, which everyone should go listen to. And they were like, holy shit, you're like a real rapper. And it was one of the coolest like yes. feelings, you know, because like you could just see the look in their eyes of like, whole, like, I don't know. You know, like it's different than being like, oh, you make rap. Like they were like, this sounds like a real, like anyone could have made this or whatever. Uh, like it sounds like a professional. And I'm like, yeah, I appreciate it. Like, so that stuff is cool. And every once in a while that does happen. But I, I don't share a lot. Like I don't go out and promote to people here that like I'm a rapper. Like no one I work with knows that I rap. Or if they do, they don't let me know. They know, you know, that sort of thing. But in general, I kind of keep it to myself. Yeah, I get it. No, um, the job where I worked before I took the job, well, right after I took it, I had sat the supervisor down. I said, look, I rap. I'm a rapper, but I can't just 
leave you with that because then you're going to start comparing me to what you hear on the radio and that's that's not what I do and so I had brought some CDs I had a whole little bag of old flyers from where I performed um when Wayne was doing um the Carter um I opened up for him when he came to make and I showed him the newspaper article where it said Mac Towns on um Sir Nasty and Lil Wayne and I was like so I just let you know this ain't just this ain't hobby you know this ain't no shit I'm just doing in my spare time I do this for a living so this job will always be second to my music. And if you ain't got a problem with that, we good. And so Hell yeah. we're still good, but I, I had to let him know that I couldn't just say, hey, hey, man, I rap. I'm going to need some weekends off sometime. I'm like, yeah, rap. My nephew rap. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It's, this is different. This is what I do. <laughs> right. This is what I do. Because th- my opinion, there's a fucking difference. You don't have a catalog, you don't have a bio, you don't have, you got four songs, and soon as you recorded them, you took them straight to the club to get played, unmixed, because that, that, that ain't, no, we're not the same. And a lot of uh, Jason Gang, the album I'm working on, a lot of the material on the Jason Gang, that's what it's about. It's just, I'm just letting my fans know, if you're a fan of Southern Nasty, fine. If you're a fan of somebody else, that's fine. But I'm one of one. I'm, I'm, I'm original. I like to thank that. I assume that's why you're a fan. And just basically, you know, everybody gang now. You know, Chuck Taylor gang. Uh, you know, even in NBA, you know, on, on the song, I say I'm James gang. LeBron James gang. So everybody using gang now. And see, I really, I really ran with a gang and gang. That gang mentality make you choose a side. Gang mentality make you say, yeah, well, I'm fucking with this over everything. So just basically let my fans know if you a real fan, if you if you with the gang, if they bring up rapping and you don't mention my name, you ain't gang. Don't don't be a don't be a secret fan. I was wondering what the Jason gang meant because there's this video game called Savior's Gang that's like about Jesus and his disciples, but it's a video game. And so when you said that, I was imagining really? you that was like the black Jesus with like your gang. I don't know why, but in my mind, that was like the cover. Um, <laughs> I like it though, but yeah, but yeah, that's, that's, that's just the concept of it. And, um, I don't know, just trying to uh, uh, think on, on one of the songs, I, I get in more depth. I'm like, it's basically like the Insane Clown Posse. You know, uh, their fans, they call themselves the Juggalos. Right. My wife, my wife, she loves Beyonce. So my wife is part of the Beehive, Queen B. Okay, well, that ain't no different than me being fucking Jason Voorhees and my fans is going to be considered the Jason gang. I've decided my yeah. fans will be called A to the Maniacs. And that's what we will I like that. I like it. I'm an A to the Maniac. So we'll get, we'll get the merch going. Um, that's what they, y'all, how do y'all do merch? I fucks with it. I had my internet friends um, shirt on at, um, at work the other day. And um, the uh, guy said, hey, what, what does that shirt mean? Oh, cutting out a little bit. Hold on, hold on. Let me get into it. Yeah, it's crackling, but I can hear you. But I didn't have nothing to say. I was listening to what you had to say. Oh, oh. well, you said you saw a guy with the Internet Friends shirt on. Uh, 
And that's the last yeah. I heard. But yeah, I actually wear yeah. my internet friend shirts out too. That's like the the merch I will wear around. And people are like, what the hell is that? That's what that's, but that's what it's supposed to do. Exactly. Yeah. It's supposed to make you talk about it, not make me say, hey, see my shirt? <laughs> right. I agree. I mean, that's why I want people to get the fucking podcast of Mo shirt. I mean, it's too late now. We're all over. But, um, you know, that was the whole goal of it. I know y'all do some merch stuff. Um, are y'all trying to do more? Like, I know some people make money, like, by doing their own merch and, like, mailing it out. But I don't do that. You know, I just use a website to do it for me. But um, have, yeah, y'all, have y'all tried I think different what we options? Do oh. What was that last part, Mo? I say, have y'all tried these different options or have y'all just done that one? Um, honestly, I'm not sure if we've tried other options and this is just the one we're sticking with. I just know with what we're, we're what we're what we're doing right now. Right. Like a lot of like a lot of stuff um that Soko and, and Graveyard do. I don't know about it during the process. I know I found out about it in the end. Um it's not that I'm not aware of what my team doing, but they told me to focus on what the fuck. Yeah, you do. And sure. we're going to focus on what we do. So like um, if someone was to come to me and be like, or matter of fact, I had a chick the other day. Uh, she was like, hey, you, you released something new on Apple. And I was like, I haven't been on there, but it's possible. And she was like, it, you don't know your own stuff. I didn't like her tone. Mm-hmm. I was like, look, I got a t- I got a team of people that do different shit. You said <laughs> everybody got. Listen, bitch, I told her is a hell of a drug. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Basically, I told her everybody at my table sits at the same table. There's no, you know, what I'm saying, oh, I'm the leader and these are my minions. No, everybody on my team got authority. Everybody on my team has a fucking voice. I don't, don't, nobody on my team feel like SoCo is more important than them because this is what SoCo do. And what the other person do, you do more of that than SoCo. So if everybody doing their fucking job, we're going to all come together and be be one so i told her so no they don't call me and say hey i'm thinking about releasing this song what do you think fucking release the song right i mean like they're the label i mean more or less you are yeah, the so, artist on the label and they're making that decision right so that's why i don't know what the fuck you're talking about ma'am <laughs> yeah <laughs> make uh, me sound like my team ain't got they shit together right I mean, I would just be like, always, there's always new music and keep it, keep it going. But fuck Apple music. Cause they combine my A to the Mo and my A to the Mo makes beats pages into one and it fucks up all my shit, pisses me off, but I've tried to fix it. There's nothing I can do. Is there a reason they did that? I don't know if there's a, an official reason, but all I know is when I try to fix it, they're like, no, it's right. And I'm like, no, it's not. I'm the one submitting this, this request i would know i am both of these people and uh they'll just like review it and be like we reviewed it and it's good and i'm like it's so infuriating um i could i could pull down like the beat tapes but i'm not going to you know fuck it leave it up and people can just browse you know go through it themselves they can figure it out but i hate that shit i hate like annoying shit that you can't really do anything about it seems um yeah i hate that too but anyway, man, I just want to say before you get out of here, we can wrap this up here. I feel like we've gotten plenty of time. Uh, we'll definitely have to work on a collab or collabs with an S. And, uh, you know, everyone look out in January for your Friday the 13th project. And every Friday the 13th from here on out. If you know it's Friday the 13th, just know that uh, Sir Nasty has something coming out soon. Please believe it. And eight to the mo, uh, I say this on behalf of me, SoCo, Playboy, Baby G, Big Ken, anybody affiliated with Graveyard, 
you are an honorary member of Graveyard. So until you get a team that you want, just know you got a team. Yeah, I, I do say I'm like affiliated. You know, like I do feel like I'm not an actual gang member, but I am affiliated. <laughs> oh, yeah. We we fought with the Mo in making Georgia. <laughs> yeah, I know the signs to throw up at certain places. So I'm got the pass. And uh, <laughs> and I have a graveyard shirt, so I could always wear the graveyard shirt if I needed to, like, really be vouched for. Um out in the streets but yeah i do appreciate y'all i mean honestly just like i always forget uh baby g is that one of the people you mentioned i've never that name i always forget so shout out them because i never mentioned them um but i do always appreciate when soco is like hey me and big kent listen to this or whatever i'm like hell yeah you know i'm glad i got some listeners so um yeah it's you know when you do a podcast you do it because you want people to listen to it you know so like just like when you do music you don't do it because you want people to listen to your music I don't think like you do it for podcasts, but whenever you make anything and people listen, like that's the, that's the art part. Like that's them enjoying the art. So like, you got to right. appreciate that part. Of course, but appreciate it, man. Like I said, we'll have more music in the future. I'm excited for your next project, especially knowing like I have um, some beats on there. So I'm, you know, I can't wait for all that shit. Until we, until we speak again, man, peace and blessings to your family and um your Anything you're doing with music, and um, we'll speak again, even though it won't be on the podcast. We'll be talking soon. All right, sure, bro. Peace. All right, one love, bro. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. I'm black mask with a hoodie on, I'm Grim Reaper Smoke enters the room, bitch I come out your speaker Jason Sir Nasty Varhees, nigga that's my full name This that horror music, nigga this that slow game Walk through the graveyard, my voice shakes the tune I serve these hoes crack, I let them lick the spoon I serve these niggas coke, I make these rappers croak When I show up these hoes start smoking, dumping, jumping rope Nigga, you sound like him, and all y'all sound like them, and all them sound like kids. Nigga, home your fuck what you did. Nigga, home fuck with you, you dig. OG, I call him out. Bow, bow, I told the fire. Fuck, but we both should die. I rap about getting good head and smoking weed. I rap about some big guns and stacking cheese. Yeah, that what I do. That what I do. Yeah, that what I do. Yeah, I rap about hanging out the window and starting to shoot. I rap about fuck these rappers and fuck you too. Yeah, that what I do. That what I do. Yeah, that what I do. Yeah, I rap about getting good head and smoking weed. I rap about some big guns and stacking chicks. Yeah, that what I do. That what I do. Yeah, that what I do. Yeah. I'm the Grim Reaper, I come to take your soul I hold these rappers over her bridge and let these bitches go I let these bitches know, I'm not the 
one for talk Been doing what I do Put that on red and walk AK Russians with sauce I'm not rushing at all I might kill me a rapper You can't trust me at all I grab the mic and let my balls hang like a dog I hit them all and watch my dogs ball like a dog I am my brother's keeper I'm a lover of reefer She expensive as fuck But it's cheaper to keep her Yo bitch want me to fuck She want me to go deeper I came to wake you up Cause you rappers are shit I rap about getting good head and smoking weed I rap about throwing big guns and stacking cheese yeah, that what I do. That what I do. That what I do. what I do. Yeah, that what I do. Yeah, that what I do. Yeah. I rap about hanging out the window and starting to shoot. I rap about fuck these rappers and fuck you too. Yeah, that what I do. That what I do. That what I do. That what I do. Yeah, that what I do. Yeah, that what I do. Yeah. I rap about getting good head and smoking weed. I rap about throwing big guns and stacking cheese. Yeah, that what I do. That what I do. That what I do. That what I do. Yeah, that what I do. Yeah, that what I do. Yeah.